wins, losses, upsets, blowouts. This is the scoreboard with Hugh Burl on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Well, good Monday morning to you. And welcome to the scoreboard with Hugh Burrell on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Now, this is radio, so you didn't see me with the air quotes around scoreboard. Aren't any scores or boards for that matter. It was indeed the first full weekend without sports, and I know you're pretty stressed about that, just like me, but I'm here to help. Please. Have a seat on that couch over there. Feel free to lay down if you want. This guided meditation will help you when you are feeling particularly panicked, stressed or worried. This recording will help you to remember that everything is okay in your life and there's nothing that you need to worry about. Whatever is happening in your life, it's okay. Everyone experiences stress. Everyone experiences doubt, worry, heartache, or fear. So right now, I'd like you to just relax and remember that everything is okay. I don't know about you. I feel much better, relaxed, well-rested. COVID-19 continues to play Godzilla on the world of sports, crushing and stomping every event in its path. After an edict from the CDC yesterday, shouldn't expect basketball to restart anytime soon. The season may not start until mid-June, late June. Same goes for hockey. Can't have a gathering over 50 people for the next eight weeks. I mean, that, that basically takes us till May 10th. Toronto sports teams join together to help out event staff. The NBA's patient zero makes a statement. I wish I would have took this thing more seriously. NFL Players Association votes in favor of the new CBA, but just barely. It was very contentious. NFL's free agent season begins this week, but should it? Fury and anger? That this is created around the league, I think, is something that I've never before seen. Ryan Tannehill signs big deal, and where does that leave Tom Brady? Stick with the Patriots. It's what you've done so well, and let's go that way. And the fights must go on. We're working to find new locations, but the fights will go on. They will continue. All that and more. A little more, anyway. Straight ahead on the March 16th edition of The Scoreboard with Hugh Burrell. Well, 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 we are getting a little clearer picture of just when sports might resume. 
Yesterday, the Center for Disease Control in the United States issued a statement suggesting that gatherings of groups of 50 or more people either be canceled outright or postponed for at least the next eight weeks. So that very likely means nothing will be firing up until early June at the earliest. Sportsnet's Chris Johnston was on Sportsnet Central last night and said, well, this wasn't unexpected. Well, I'm not sure that the, the NHL leaders themselves or the union leaders will be surprised by this because I do think behind the scenes they've had some of this info. But I think for those of us on the outside, it begins to paint a picture of what we're looking forward to. And, and the fact that, you know, the CDC is that you can't saying you can't have a gathering over 50 people uh, for the next eight weeks. I mean, that, that basically takes us till May 10th uh, from when we're talking right now. And, and that, to me, is the absolute earliest if everything went well. You're looking at having games, and let's face it, I think with how quickly everything's moved, a week ago at this time, there were games being played on the ice. Uh, if everything didn't seem like normal, there was at least a hint of normalcy in the air. Um, you know, I, I do think that the, the NHL season really is in doubt right now. Uh, I believe the people at the top of the league are, are feeling that, and obviously they're making every plan. They're trying to do everything they can to, to keep that from happening. Uh, but this is a pretty serious warning uh, from the CDC and, and given the way uh, the coronavirus has spread, I think it's a necessary one. Well, if we're talking eight weeks and it does bring us to May, uh, do you think there still could be potentially a season if that's the best yeah, case my, scenario? Yeah, and that still is. Look, the league still wants that. I mean, I, the one thing Gary Bettman, I think, has prioritized is trying to find a way to hand out the Stanley Cup. To me, they need to be playing games by around June 1st. Uh, I'm not sure that's an absolute drop dead date because, you know, they have already taken building dates from teams into July. Uh, I think that they would be willing to go right up to where the Tokyo Olympics are slated to start, which is July 24th. And they need about 45 days, give or take, you know, to do some sort of abbreviated playoff format. So there, there's that's kind of the timeline you're looking at. What I'm concerned about is, is this, you know, latest proclamation is taking us already to May 10th, and there's still so much time and so many unknowns in terms of how this is going to spread what impacts it's going to have on the general population. And honestly, what this underlines is that this might ultimately be completely out of the hands of the league or the Players Association, what happens here. I mean, we have the government stepping in now. You have these CDC recommendations coming down, and I don't think they're going to stop at the one that uh, happened here Sunday night. Well, over in the NBA, we might not be hearing the old squeak, squeak bounce for a while yet. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski with more. Talks about even since Wednesday's Board of Governors meeting, uh, which just preceded Rudy Gobert's positive test, you know, that owners and team executives, you know, have have further come to terms with how grave this situation is, how dark of a time that our country is likely facing moving forward and that there's not going to be a quick exit out of it. And teams are preparing owners are preparing for the idea that it minimally this season may not start until mid-June, late June, and I'm told they are pursuing arena dates you know, into late August for the playoffs and even looking at the idea without fans of playing games, maybe even in practice facilities that might make it a little, uh, give it kind of a little different look for television. So everything is on the table with the league right now, and there is a great deal of uncertainty about what lies ahead. Now, meantime, the NBA's patient zero, Rudy Gobert, who was the first player to test positive for COVID-19, gave us an update on his condition yesterday. I'm going to start by saying thank you 
to all the people that have been supportive and for all the positive energy. It really means a lot. As for myself, I've been feeling a little better every single day, thanks to the healthcare people of Utah and Oklahoma City. As you may already know, I just wanted to make sure to remind you guys to keep washing your hands frequently with soap and water. Try to avoid touching your face, your nose, your eyes, and of course, try to avoid making unnecessary contact with people. I wish I would have took this thing more seriously, and I hope everyone else going to do so because we can do it together. Gobert's teammate Donovan Mitchell also testing positive, and over the weekend, Detroit Pistons forward Christian Wood revealed that he had indeed contracted the virus as well. COVID-19 has reached the major leagues. A Yankees prospect has tested positive. Yanks general manager Brian Cashman said a younger player was affected in Tampa without identifying him. Cashman said the player feels much better. His symptoms have subsided, but he is still isolated. Meantime, the start of the baseball season had been pushed back to April 9th, but a couple of MLB executives now expect the first pitch to be thrown in anger no sooner than Memorial Day which is May 25th on ESPN. Former player-turned-broadcaster Mark Teixeira says there's a lot of confusion out there right now, and that confusion can lead to anger. I've talked to some players, and listen, they are very sensitive to this situation. They understand that spring training needed to be shut down, and, and you have to keep fans away from, from other fans and you know make sure that, that that curve is flat. And at the same time, they are frustrated with the lack of communication and really the lack of a real plan from Major League Baseball and their teams. Giving players three different options, staying home or staying in spring training, going home or going to the home city, is not really a plan. It's kind of chaotic. And so these players don't know when the season's going to start they don't know when they're when and if they're going to get paid that's a big issue for these guys I mean think about this the New York Yankees are spending 40 million dollars a month on payroll and Major League Baseball saying right now we're going to take care of our players but how long does that last I mean there's a lot of small market teams that can't afford to play their players so much confusion out there right now so much fear so much uncertainty it seems kind of crass to talk about money at a time like this but it is a harsh reality. Leagues are about to lose hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. I'm not saying we should feel sorry for the billionaire owners or the millionaire players, but we do have to feel for the workers that help put these games on night after night after night. Talking about the arena and stadium staff, the ushers, the Zamboni guys who don't get to suit up for NHL teams, the people who sell us our overpriced hot dogs and warm stale beer. And it's those people who will benefit from a newly created Team Toronto Fund. The Leafs, Raptors, Blue Jays, Argos, and Toronto FC have joined forces. Team management, coaches, and players from all five teams will contribute to the fund to provide additional aid to the many workers that support them each and every day and night. Raptors president Masai Jiri releasing a statement yesterday saying, for me, the definition of teammate was never limited to the people who wear our jersey or who work for the Raptors. We showed that last spring in good times. Now we're coming together to get through these unprecedented times. Being a good teammate means looking out for our neighbors, friends, and the people we work with. Through this fund, we will all pledge to be good teammates to our arena, stadium, and support staff. We want to be here for them the way they are always here for us. And remember that sheriff's deputy in Alameda County who charged Ujiri with assault after Game 6 of the NBA Finals last year? 
Well, turns out that he'd pleaded no contest to a misdemeanor insurance fraud back in 2005. Meantime, four members of another Toronto team, the Wolfpack rugby team, have been told to self-isolate after experiencing mild possible symptoms of COVID-19 after a Leeds player showed symptoms. Toronto played Leeds back on March 5th. Well, believe it or not, there was some honest-to-goodness sports news yesterday that had absolutely nothing to do with coronavirus or COVID-19 or isolation or quarantine. The NFL Players Association voting in favor of the new collective bargaining agreement by the slimmest of margins, 1,019 to 959. If you do the math, I got somebody else to do the math for this. Uh, They passed this thing by 60 votes, 60. Around 500 players didn't even bother to cast a ballot. The new deal takes effect immediately, runs through the 2030 season, Calls for a 17-game schedule, fewer preseason games, and expanded playoff formats where seven teams from each conference now get in. No suspensions for positive marijuana tests, a bigger share of the revenue for players, and improved benefits for retired players. NFLPA Vice President Lorenzo Alexander says, while not perfect, it's a good deal overall. Um, I think it's going to have a you know positive impact depending on where you come from and then also has some... Um... I guess status quo. I mean, if you look at some of the guys that have um, wanted tax change, wanted guaranteed money, those are some of the things that we weren't able to gain. But through our increased revenue share that we're able to to negotiate, be able to raise the minimum, be able to increase the benefits will definitely impact, um, I think, the majority of our players, that 65% that we talk about that are on minimum deals. But obviously, um, it was very contentious. Uh, the great part about it, I think this, this deal was done much better as far as the communication with players, unlike the 2011 deal, where I don't think the participation was as high or voices wasn't as heard as much. And so I'm pleased in that aspect. And, and obviously, our men spoke, and it was a, it was a tight vote, and uh, we decided to ratify the deal. So with the CBA vote now out of the way, the league now turns its attention to free agency, which officially starts on Wednesday. However, teams can start talking to potential free agents today. They call it uh, legal tampering. It's kind of a cute term, don't you think? With the viral apocalypse now upon us, ESPN's Adam Schefter says there's some question as to whether free agent season should begin right now. And by question, I mean anger. The amount of furor and anger that this has created around the league, I think is something that I've never before seen. There are head coaches, general managers, agents, players reaching out who are incensed that the league year is beginning and they can't understand how countries like Italy and France and Spain are closing down. How every sport in our country is suspending play, basically stopping operations. And free agency is going to go on. Now, I know it's not a sporting event, but their argument is, guess what? Teams are now going to have to get private planes, which include pilots in the air, to fly free agents to buildings. And if those free agents are going to sign with those teams, they're going to want to take physicals because before they invest millions of dollars into a player, they're going to want to send them to a local hospital, which means that they're going to have to take some of the people away from the people that really need hospital workers and help. And they're going to have to perform MRIs on these players so they can sign millions of dollars of contracts at a time where our economy is tanking. All very good points. But as of now, free agent season 
moves ahead. Tom Brady is a free agent as of Wednesday. The Tennessee Titans no longer in the hunt for TB12 because they signed quarterback Ryan Tannehill to a four-year deal worth $118 million, and 62 mil of that is fully guaranteed. So he hit the lottery. Tennessee was thought to be a prime landing spot for Brady as he's a friend and former teammate of head coach Mike Vrabel. NFL Network's Adam Rank was on Sportsnet Central last night and says Tannehill's signing puts Tommy Terrific in an awkward spot. The greatest quarterback of all, all time, arguably, could be settling to go back to the team that he had all his success with because obviously the Tennessee Titans were like, we're going to stick with Ryan Tannehill because we're going to ignore the first six years of his career and we're going to sign Tennessee Trubisky to a, to a long-term deal and try to recapture that magic. But it's interesting now what is going to happen. We talked yesterday about Tom possibly going to Tampa Bay. That's still a very good fit for him. Of course, there's the Los Angeles Chargers. He could go in and be the Chargers quarterback. And, of course, the Las Vegas Raiders is a name that will also be brought up. But like we talked about before, it seems like he's going to go back to the New England Patriots. We can't imagine him in another jersey. Stick with the Patriots. It's what you've done so well, and let's go that way. Coming up, more tales of generosity in these tough times. Kepka says thanks, but no thanks. The fights must go on. Play of yesterday and wiffle ball wonders. <laughs> Wash your hands, wash your butt, man. That's it. That's, that's all. That's, that's, uh, that's what I tell everybody. Those are two things you got to make sure you keep those clean. We'll be all right. Maybe that's babies, but same thing. So it'll work for, for adults, too. Well, thank you, Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers. That really is good advice for all of us in these times. Actually, at any time. Stay clean. Already told you about how all the Toronto teams are coming together to help out Arena Stadium staff, uh, which is all kinds of awesome. Over the weekend, a number of NBAers stepped up on their own to do the same thing. New Orleans' Zion, pa- Zion Williamson will pay the salaries of Smoothie King Center employees for the next month. The Bucks' Giannis Antetokounmpo will pony up $100,000 for Arena staff in Milwaukee. Uh, by the way, you may be wondering how the Greek freak is spending his time during this unscheduled break by learning to play guitar, actually. And like most of us, One of the first songs he mastered was Smoke on the Water. Okay, not mastered, but you know. (laughs) Cool. All right, so while all the sports are shut down, uh, there is one that keeps going, and that's the UFC. They held a card this weekend in Brazil with no fans. UFC President Dana White says no matter what, fights will go on. We're working to find new locations, but the fights will go on. They will continue. We're not stopping. We will keep finding a way to put on the fights. I'm in the fight business. I've been doing this for over 20 years, and this stuff happens to me every weekend. So I'm used to this stuff, not at this level, obviously, but uh, but this is what we do. And we always make sure that the fights happen, and they're going to continue to happen. All right. Well, the travel ban means this weekend's card in London featuring Tyrone Woodley and Leon Edwards has been moved to an as-yet undisclosed location in the United States. And as for that highly anticipated April 18th bout featuring Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson in New York, White says, yeah, that is still a go. 
Somewhere. Yeah, so we had possibly a couple of different venues for that fight, including Nevada. So now the whole Nevada thing went down. So we're looking for another venue. I hope by uh, probably 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, I should have two venue options for that fight. That fight will happen. It will go on. And uh, the fans are all freaking out about that. Do not worry. Habib versus Tony will happen. So there you go. It's happening. Top three golfers in the world now say they have no plans to join the Premier Golf League. World number one, Rory McIlroy, had already turned it down, saying he doesn't like where the money's coming from. And over the weekend, both number three, Brooks Kepka and number two, John Rahm, said they're not interested in the rival tour, which has large purses but limits fields to just 48 golfers. Kepka says that he has a hard time believing golf should be about just 48 players. And we have to get creative around here in the old scoreboard during the stoppage in play. So with that, this. Now, time for play of the yesterday. Like, you know, before the coronavirus. Oh, I get it. When there was sports. Wow, we are really reaching here. After 72 years in the fabled form this evening nationwide on Molson Hockey Night in Canada on CBC, we raised the curtain on the spectacular state-of-the-art $230 million Molson Centre in downtown Montreal. As you can see, the New York Rangers are in town. It's a, an original six matchup. $230 million bucks. It's a bargain of twice the price. March 16th, 1996, Habs and Rangers opening the brand new Bell Centre in Montreal. Habs go on to win it 4-2. Recky, Turgeon, Vinny Damfus with a couple of goals scoring for Montreal. 16 penalties resulting in 52 penalty minutes in that game. On the station today, leadoff with Ziggy and Scotty Mack as co-host of Writer's Block, Stephen Brunt at 7.30 and Good Show MLB Insider for Fox Sports, Ken Rosenthal at 9.25. And on Writer's Block this afternoon, NFL Insider Amy Trask at 4. Time for the Extra Point. And Reds pitcher Trevor Bauer put together a little sandlot game over the weekend, a wiffle ball tournament with no fans to raise money for workers at the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Went well. A few major leaguers showed up, took a bunch of shots at the Astros, and the MVP of the two-game event got a bottle of Purell hand sanitizer, which might be the most appropriate prize ever. Hey, thanks for listening to The Scoreboard with Hugh Burrow. We made it. If you missed any part of this or you want to listen in on your way to work, just download us anywhere you find your favorite podcast.